Howdy, folks. It is Monday, uh, July 11th, 2011. I'm Skip Ruddertail, your Otter Editor, and with me, as always, is... Toons is the passenger side cat. The passenger... He's like a passenger side airbag. Yeah, through all of life. Yeah. Uh, and this week, we're discussing In the Moon Outside uh, by Cube Triangle. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite artists. Yep. So, yeah, you pick this one out. Do you want to give us a little introduction as to... How you came across oh. it, or how he sent it to you, or <clears throat> what was the... Well, I've been watching Cube Triangle on F.A. for a while, you know, just commenting on things that he posted, and he's one of the artists that I really like because... I mean, yeah, some people, I like, I'm watching them on F.A. because, hey, cool, bears with big dongers, that's great, cool, I know why I'm watching that. Other people, I'm watching them because they clearly have, like, a, a very keen artistic sense, mm-hmm. and they're able to express this in a variety of mediums, and I'm just outright impressed by it. And Cube Triangle is one of those people. Yep. And so out of nowhere, he sent me a, a story to consider for the for the podcast, and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know he wrote, to... so it's, I was... He's like a renaissance. He renaissance is. type. A renaissance fur. Yeah. A Renfer. <laughs> it's like, yeah, did you go to Renfer? Okay. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> Let's ban that phrase from... Oh, okay. Anyway, so um, I, I, I gave it a, a read and a... And so, I mean, like, I, there aren't any tags I can read anything like or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. I thought it was a fun um, experience in, in blissful ignorance. Yeah. Because I mean, me reading it and the first time and you know, being kind of uh, oblivious as I am, not quite realizing it's it's a vor story going into it and getting really into the relationship the characters were having and and the scene that it was being set in and the uh, political undertones that were being developed and things like that. The the one character ate the other character, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, 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 and it's it's cool because uh, it's 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 fun when every once in a while uh, a piece can almost scandalize Catches you, and, like, you by surprise. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not into war, and there's nothing really against it, but it 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 shocks you when you get uh, surprised by yeah. it like that, and it really fit the the kind of the uh, the the tone of the story also. Yeah, it did. Not. It did. Um, and, and I guess we should say, you know, a little bit, uh, well, the, how this story came to be featured this week, um, we were supposed to have a different story, uh, there were some scheduling problems with the person recording it, so we've moved it back a little bit, and so at the last minute, I'm like, okay, we had this one in the queue, it wasn't recorded yet, so we went to our friend Sparf, who volunteered to do recording for us at some point, and I said, hey buddy, can you whip this one out, uh, you know, just a couple, in a couple of days, and he said, sure, and I think he did a great job. He's a um, an actor and hmm. a recording artist in training. Oh. He's working on his MFA, I believe, right now, um, So, and he was great. So I'm sure yeah. it'll be, uh, I hope you enjoyed his reading. I think we'll be asking him to read for us again. He's mm-hmm. also local, so we'll have to have uh, lunch with him at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. He had a wonderful um, so voice. So I appreciate I that. Uh, but I was, I guess... One thing I wanted to you know briefly talk about and kind of get listener feedback on um, was the length of the story because last time, if you remember, we did short a short story. We paired them together. Um, mm-hmm. You read one and I read one, so I think yes. that a total you know end result was like twenty five thirty minutes for both. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is only like fifteen, and so. 
I, I guess I wanted to see what people, what you but, thought about that, what what listeners thought about that, and give give your I, I don't know rationale Skip, I guess, first. I guess when you're reading a story, a story, Skip, you sometimes just you know wishing you had a little bit more heft to it. You know, is is that what you're saying? Yeah, it would have been a great no, story no. if only we were just a little no, no, bit. No, no, no. There's no problem. There's bigger. no problem with the story itself. It's more in terms of considerations for the podcast. Mm. Content-wise, there's a lot going on here, and we have plenty to talk about today. Right. This is more a consideration for the podcast and listeners like myself, perhaps, who listen to podcasts on their commutes or something like that. Yes. And and do you have a certain expectation that? You know, even though the length varies depending on the discussion and the length of the story that week, is there a minimum that you as a listener expect? You know, it's like, you know, you got to take up at least half an hour, and if you come at 15 minutes, you know, that's not enough, and now I'm halfway through my commute. And, rah, rah, rah. and I'm just wondering if we should be encouraging people in this way during their daily commute. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I, I, I mean, sure, I'm I, taking I, the I, train. We talked but... about that, you know, boners in the car, totally okay. I don't know, we, I'm still not quite so. No. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't. I don't think I was. So I, I guess you know, content-wise, I think it's fine. And it, I guess, it would just be a question to you, listeners. Um, you know, do you need a longer podcast? You know, if we do short stories like this, which I loved, um, do we, you know, save it and pair it with, you know, do a double header like we did once before, or is this okay? Because um, I think it's the, the story is great in and of itself, and there's certainly enough to talk about. It's just a consideration for do you have a certain length expectation on the podcast itself as a listener? Why don't you blast that out to our listeners in an email? I, okay. Do you do you need a longer podcast? Yeah, they'll go straight to spam filters. Order right, right there. You go. <laughs> it's like order today. Okay. So I just wanted to throw that out there, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a good. Uh, I'm glad Cube Triangle sent it in you, and I'm glad you said let's do this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we went to the zoo because I had fun. Yeah, even though the red band is. Yeah, we did. We went. Um, I don't. Know, I guess some of you seen. Uh, I posted the picture. Posted a couple photos. Yeah, I've got to put up babies. mine. But yeah, we went to the we went to the zoo last week and had a good time mm-hmm. with. Uh, what does he go by? Taylor. Taylor. Taylor on FA. Your 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 boyfriend. My I, I didn't want to give away his real name. Oh God! Um, so yeah, Imagine we had a good Beauregard time. Regard Thurston the Third. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, we had a good time. Though uh, some people slept in a little bit, and it was already nap time for several of the animals, no, including the otters. But at least the otters were there. My red pandas were gone. They yes. were shut down. I don't even know if they're alive. I, I think what if they alive, died? Dude. I think they're alive. Usually that makes the paper if an animal at the zoo dies, actually. Oh. Yeah. What if the panda is just really depressed and can't come out? Well, it could be an emo panda. I That's should send true. it a card. It, it could. Like, oh, God. Then I have to reply to it, the pressure. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I you know, said, oh, yeah, but we'll go in the morning. I'll pick you guys up, and we'll head to the zoo. I'll be there, you know, around 9 or so. Mm-hmm. I was running late because of bad traffic that morning, so I was like, oh, God. I get there at 9.30, and I wake them up. Uh-huh. So, yeah, yep. it took us a while to get to the zoo. And, like, some of the animals, they were already in, you know, it was getting to midday, and they were already in, you know, otter nap time. But that's okay. We'll, we'll move on. Anyway, so, yeah, the story. Stop, stop feeling guilty. It's okay. 
Can you can make it up to me later? We'll go again. No, well, eh, not careful, people. Um, we'll we'll go again. We'll make sure you're up. All right. No. Uh, so yeah, this was um a horror story, and I guess it's our second. I think we could. It's depending on 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 your standards. It's like maybe our second mm-hmm. story that's like meant to disconcert you in a way. Mm-hmm. If you want to think of it in horror in that kind of sense, it's not. Universe would be all floors, you know, story with the, you know, traveling yes, through space. Yes. Of course, I think you could write that as a horror story, but that's a little non-traditional horror-wise, I guess, because it's not like a monster, or, you know, a crazy well, scientist werewolves or are like more a, traditional or a. Yeah, this is more traditional, I think, because it's a monster. You know, I guess I read an interesting um, analysis of horror movies earlier this week and saying that in in talking about the kind of career of the old monster movie guys like Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff and saying that in the thir- 20s and 30s and 40s m- horror movies and even in the 50s involved monsters like they were Frankenstein or Dracula or in the 50s maybe they were aliens but they were monsters you know right. and then with the kind of realistic cinema that you see emerging in the 70s, you know, where things got grittier and you know, realistic, things like um, all the, all these great 70s films. Uh, you get into a different kind of horror movie, which you switch to things like serial killers and things like that. So right. we're no longer doing monsters in most cases. We're doing... The Real life things that actually kind of kill things. you, but this is, and this is a combination, isn't it? Hmm. Which I and think is kind of interesting because there is a monster movie, but the setting is a very realistic one in a lot of ways. Yeah, kind of like this de- seedy very downtown bar. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's two lovers. You know, it's somebody. You know, it's somebody that you trust betraying you, um, which is much more this kind of newer horror yeah uh, i think viewpoint too i didn't read it so much as, as a horror story outright though i read it as kind of a um dark personal tale about being on the um the outside of things this is of course mm-hmm. being like my, my first kind of blissful ignorance reading where i mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm always kind of oblivious to what's actually going on on the the deeper tones uh but i, I still like that even on the on the further readings just because of how thoroughly it goes into describing how uh, different he is from those who are, who are who are gathering there, and how much he doesn't belong yes. in that space. Uh, to even have explicitly the the, uh, the the other character state to him, "You don't belong here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should be leaving." And it's the most plainful, obvious thing mm-hmm. in the world that he doesn't belong there. He should be leaving. They're going to kill him. Yeah. So yeah. I, it, it doesn't read to me so much as, as horror, maybe because I don't, the um intense imagery of it softens that effect and it's not quite so realistic when you're um having cutscenes where corpses of a of a king president are being paraded through the street it kind of gives it a bit more of a comical no, i was happy to you told me because i was like oh it has to be reagan and you confirmed in an email from cube triangle that it's reagan right authorial fallacy it doesn't have to be ronald reagan just because he said it was yeah, that's but, true. That's yeah, true. sure, whatever. It's Ronald Reagan. That's better it's Ronald, be Ronald yeah, Reagan. Yeah. It's not Reagan's Bush because smash. they didn't like Bush oh. enough, right? Yeah. No, of course not. There's no cult of personality around Bush. Just right. that there's really like smarky, like smirky, um, miss me at kind of billboard you see going up in rural Texas. 
No. I think those are the best. <laughs> Can you imagine like the occult personality around Dick Cheney? I'm just gonna think about that in a minute. The cult of personality <laughs> sounds like uh, a, a series of like morgue uh, rockets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just all in black. There you go. Um, so yeah, this was. You're right. This is. It's. I don't know. I think that was an interesting setting. It's this weird sort of. I don't know whether it's the present or some kind of weird future with this kind of horror. Kind of reminded me of comics or movies, you know, this kind of weird um, future dystopia sort of thing where we've got, you know, a dead, you know, president, you know, who's hailed as kind of a religious, a god emperor or something, you know, but Mm -hmm. he's dead. Um, And we've got werewolves and there were references to purges of various people. So there's a little bit of this kind of future dystopia idea going on. Um, which is kind of fun, and that I think partially works into the, the, the work into the horror theme. Um, this is our first werewolf story, of course. Mm-hmm. This is our first transformation story, mm-hmm. and it's our first vor story. Should I get out the streamers? Should I so put that's on? yeah. That's it's, it's when do the balloons first, drop? Though. Yeah, this is so incredible. These are these are three, but these are three themes in furry that are very popular with a lot of folks. Yeah, that we have yet to explore in any depth. And I'm sure, because they're so popular, I'm sure we'll be revisiting them in the future. Oh, no. um, oh I know. Hopefully uh, with good stories. But it's interesting, like, how is... in Werewolf as a genre is obviously, for a lot of folks who, you know, maybe that's the closest they get to knowing what a furry is, is werewolf stories. Well, you know, so people who aren't in the furry community, and there are separate werewolf communities, because I know Fuzz Wolf has talked about, he was a a werewolf, whatever, I don't know what they call themselves, but a, a lichen community or whatever, right. before he was a furry. And he said, yeah, there are a lot of weirdos, and he liked the people in furry better. So, I mean, it's, they're even, they're even, there's even a separate community, and I think there's some overlap in the Venn diagram there. Right. Um... I feel about werewolves the same way I feel about dragons, where it's one of those things that the people who are very much into them are just fucking nerdy. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you see a guy, and he's going to uh, a a musical downtown, and he's wearing a very tight pink shirt with all his friends, and he is obviously having a very good time. You go, wow, that's really fucking gay. Yeah. Okay, great. Sometimes you're online, and you see a guy, and you, (laughs) you click on his profile, and all of his, you know, profile image pictures are... You know, werewolves and, and dragons, you go, wow, that's really fucking nerdy. Or you go to somebody's house and they have, like, in their, you know, living room, they have all the little dragon figurines you see, like, in the Sky Malls catalog, like, right. the, the dragon with the crystal sphere, you know, or the dragon candle holder. <laughs> and they have, like, all of them. And you're like, mystical beasts. And you're like, wow. Because they're mystical beasts and they're just, you know, so stately. That's a yeah. lot of dragons. I know, but that's just that's fucking nerdy. But that's what what the so werewolves are a little like that. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah. But it, it's 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 funny because how do you how do you tame that? How do you mm-hmm. overcome? Ten on funk. No, <laughs> you can't tame werewolves, man. They're werewolves. <laughs> Damn. Okay, it, it makes I'm, I'm being serious. Like it, 
fantasy and sci-fi taints things in an mm-hmm. awful way. This is my actual, <laughs> it really does. It really does. So then uh-huh. when, how do you wash the, the, the sci-fi fantasy taint off of things like, like werewolves uh-huh. when you want to use them in I'm a story I'm disappointed is... when movies have werewolves that the werewolves aren't sexier. Like, I'm really? very disappointed that surprises you. in that, that generally movie werewolves are, like, grosser or, you know, they're, they're going to the gross or horrifying or scary side. And I'm like, make them sexy werewolves. That's what I want in my <laughs> werewolf movies. Like, they should look like, you know, wolf people. They shouldn't look like weird, like, half furless, you they know, like slabbering things. Right? Yeah. They should look like furries. They should look if it's Look, honestly, if the guy has, you know, if he has the bite strength, well, he could be plenty fucking scary without, like, <laughs> looking like he has mange or something. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's fair enough, but... That's fair enough. And then, you know, transformation's a big fetish for a lot of people. Yeah, and it's, like, it's catching on. I think it's starting to be, like, it's going to be... It's all the hypnosis, I think, is the other one. Everyone's doing it. I don't... I don't it's like... Yeah. We haven't done a hypnosis story. No. Bun, my partner, uh, he he feels hypnosis stories are a big turn-off. Really? Yeah. Yeah, He's not into that. Because it's like mind control. Yeah. People people feel it's private. He doesn't like that. Yeah, I think so. So, but yeah, transformation. And this doesn't cover, you know, go into a lot. It doesn't... um, I think it it has transformation in it, and it has vore in it, but not in a way that either is fetishized. If it's, that makes sense. It's in other words, we don't end. see a rich description mm-hmm. of either the transformation or the vor. It's pornographic. That's for a fact. Yes. I mean, you can be real there. It's actually explicitly mm-hmm. um, sexual. But it, it seems like it's, it's done more it in a more of a way. sexual than it is explicitly transformative or vor, I think. <laughs> yeah, if but that makes sense. It's it's not. It doesn't seem like anyone's supposed to be enjoying this in a particular way. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, well, the sex is particularly like explicit either. Yeah. No. Um, so they they kind of touch on these things, but they're not fetish stories that focus on these particular interests. So I'm sure we will run into stories that do focus on some of these particular interests and send them in if you write these things. Uh, when I was reading it the second time, I was trying to figure out, okay, how, how is it that I kind of missed this undertone of, of what was going to happening? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was surprised the to foreshadowing. see... foreshadowing. Yeah, I was surprised to see how, how early on the foreshadowing was coming and how explicit mm-hmm. it was and how I should have been able to recognize it. Mm-hmm. And I was trying most particularly, particularly to figure out... Um, at, at what point does it become like a, a, a vor story? Mm-hmm. At what point should it become uh, something explicit and uh, you can't really ignore if you want to? And mm-hmm. it really does kind of remain like that up until the end of the of mm-hmm. the story. I think that's how it has this punch mm-hmm. to catch you off guard like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think th- that was something that occurred to me because early on in the story, when they're still in the bar. Um, by the way, I, I grew up in Chicago, so I love the Chicago setting. I appreciated that. But when they're still in the bar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, clearly she looks around and, you know, he says he's not going to leave without her. And she kind of looks around and realizes or, you know, is aware that if he stays, he's going to be eaten. Right. And yet she still takes him out. So he isn't eaten there by everybody. Right? Mm-hmm. But she goes to his house and ends up eating him anyway. 
And so that kind of intrigued me, the fact that she's removing him from being eaten only to do it anyway. And so why is my question. And then with that, I think is, um, when did she decide? Did she When she took him out of the bar, had she decided to eat him already? Or was it something that was decided later on in I, the heat of the moment? I interpret it as kind of an act of pity. Uh-huh. And I feel as if you could tell early on what his what his intentions are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, he is clearly uh, suicidal, to put it in the bluntest terms. I don't know if he's suicidal. Yeah, because it's clearly he what he's doing. He doesn't want to die. He yeah. wants to be one. He doesn't, <laughs> he is that what that. happens? You get he bitten? says he wants to be no, they're like gonna, her. They would have ripped him apart. And they would have. Well, yeah, that's them. what she knew. But he, his understanding was he wants to be like. See, is this a ooh ooh ooh? No, is see, this I didn't a know, metaphor I didn't... for all furries? You know, is this us? Is the guy us? You know, it's like, oh, we want to be like you so much. I, I don't want to be this thing. But I didn't interpret that as him as him believing that this was going to turn him into a werewolf. Hmm. Just the fact that he he didn't have the capability of being a werewolf. He was he couldn't be a werewolf. So I may as well kill myself via the werewolves. Ah, uh, see, I don't know. I think that describes. I don't know. I don't think he's that aware. And that may have been her understanding of it, or her it very decision well may have been, of but, that's, it. but I don't know if that's his. It's kind of. I still think it's an act of pity, though, because he. Mm-hmm. I don't think he understood even then just what he was in for. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Even if he did have these horrible thoughts, maybe it was just her way of making it as tender and maybe as painless yeah. as as she could do for him. Yeah, and, I mean, because there definitely wasn't. I mean, she just it was like one sentence, and I got you know gobbled him up. Mm-hmm. So, um, and also maybe she just hated him. There's also that possible possibility so. too. Well, there is that. I think there is this. I you know she is angry at herself that even after choosing not to be with this guy anymore, she's following him home to his apartment. Oh, she absolutely, and she oh, yeah. is really upset about the fact that he is able to, you know, manipulate her into leaving the bar and get her to go to his apartment. You know, just doing everything he wants her to do up until the point she eats him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really significant. Because up until that point, she's been doing everything he wants her to do, and then, then it changes dramatically. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I got the impression she felt insecure as well, because when mm-hmm. they were in, yeah. in the bar, the thing I picked up on was that she was fumbling with her Spanish mm-hmm. uh, just as much as he was. Mm-hmm. So I, I get, she's probably, I, I get the impression, just a little bit insecure about her own place mm-hmm. in that kind of uh, environment, and knowing that him being uh, with her was only you know, reinforcing that right. alienation. Well, and maybe realizing, like, how much does this guy want to be with me just because right. I'm a werewolf. Just because I'm a werewolf. Yeah. And this is, she thinks she's the one, this is what you wanted, isn't it, you know, all along. So, um, and, and angry about that, you know, that that's what he wants her for. And she'd only been to, I think it said, three of the meetings and so far, mm-hmm. or something like that. And I guess she was maybe, in, like, insecure about her place there. Mm-hmm. So I, if you want to, you can. And just we read don't that know as, how you become a werewolf in this story. No, uh, we we aren't sure of that. Whether it's genetic or whether you can get bitten and you know survive, and we don't know. Yeah, well, what I read it as was just a pathetic story about a pathetic dude. I yeah. kind of think that's what it's supposed to be read as. It's yeah. supposed to be that. It's supposed to be that kind of painful process mm-hmm. about a person who can't get what he wants and then is killed in a kind of humiliating and degrading. But way. then is it? In the sense that it's about her, is it a 
empowering story about her, or is she just as pathetic? Mm. In terms of empowerment, I thought what it, what it maybe reinforced was a, a, a positive concept of separatism. And it, it might reinforce a desire to keep different worlds separate because she she is ultimately performing, I think, this policing act of keeping him out of the space. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you well, there is that sense that this guy is a white, heterosexual male, right? And, yeah. and what do we do? We co-opt other cultures, mm-hmm. you know, as our own. So. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, saying, oh, well, this is, you know, I can do everything else I want and I can be a werewolf too. And maybe her yeah. saying, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, you can very easily find a positive interpretation in there, I think. Mm-hmm. I, anyway, I, I enjoyed it. It was nice to have uh, a little different story here. I, li- I like it when we're, you know, we're, st- we're mixing things up a lot. And I've what been I liked enjoying about it. that. Also in tone, it's much more artistic, I think. It is. To, just to use the easiest term that'll probably make at least a few people out there cringe. Compared to last week's story, which I remember I also mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed mm-hmm. how it was written, mm-hmm. but completely different style in terms of the structure of the story and the tone, and like it was a very well-paced, well-plotted-out story. Well, this one, uh, and The Moon Outside, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, built to like a very kind of fabulous crescendo very quickly. Right. Uh, and it's structured very much like uh, a pulpy story mm-hmm. in that way, even though I said that it's... I don't read it as kind of a pulpy story because right. it isn't, you know, lurid enough in that sense. Right. Uh, the pacing goes along much more like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It, I guess just made it much easier for me to process. Yeah, yeah. No, I see that. No, I enjoyed it. Well, no, thank you, uh, Cube Triangle. And do check him out on F.A. Mm-hmm. at Cube Triangle, all one word. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, so... I don't know. Do we have any anything else you want to add for this week, or are we good? Mm-hmm. I think we're golden. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't really have anything much to say. I'm yeah. gonna try to start using the Bad Dog Book Club FA some more. Yes. We're gonna be- post some other pictures and things there periodically, and you know, ask questions of you, our readers, so we can mm-hmm. actually. There you go. You can post the question about uh, podcast and story length. Yep. This we're gonna, week we're gonna start on FA. You. So in journals. Terrible journal entries, which I get build up, you know, and periodically new. Can't you know, wait. Yeah. Can't wait. So, uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed it, and I uh, hope you stay cool. I think most of the country's in a heat wave, so stay cool. And uh, we'll see you next week with a new story. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Ciao. Ciao.